0: Start Saturday. What do we expect in his second start as the BYU quarterback? Radio analyst Hans Olsen breaks down the matchup with Iowa State and if the offense can do enough to win. Plus some of the metrics and college basketball experts are
1: high on Mark Pope's Cougars. Are we undervaluing BYU men's basketball entering their first Big 12 season? We'll ask BYU radio analyst Mark Durant. Preview tomorrow's showdown at the Marriott Center between the Cougars and and San Diego State minus Jimmer and
0: Quay, but still very intriguing. There's some big games, man. There's no Danny Age, Tony Gwynn either. Tony Gwynn played basketball too. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, November 9th. I'm Jerem Jordan. He is Swag Enthusiast Dave McCann. We all love the swag, right? We Players do. really like it. You've seen. Shout out to Todd Miller of golf. Yeah,
1: Todd. Hey, I don't have any Todd Miller <laughs> golf. No to Todd. Uh, we see recruiting just investing deep into swag yeah kids come to campus and they just they leave head to toe with with stuff jamal williams the swag daddy that's his twitter handle. Yeah. he loves swag and he got a new box of it <laughs> byu swag picture. here he, he is you can hear him in this photo look like look at him you can hey <laughs> he he not only loves the swag he wears it all the time no matter if he's on the saints the packers the lions doesn't matter he goes to practice he does Media interviews, we've all seen it. He's got his BYU hat on, BYU shirt. He's a proud BYU alum, which is awesome to see.
0: And it's cool that the school will send the swag boxes out to those to say, hey, represent. Yeah, rep rep the Y. Uh, Volleyball, women's volleyball, just send it out to some of the pros out there in the world, uh, in Turkey and Italy and whatnot. So pretty pretty cool, Brazil. Pretty awesome. Okay, all rise and shout. Time for a swaggy edition of What's Trending.
1: It's just incredible the positivity that surrounds this program. Uh, and, you know, we owe it to them to play a lot better, and so that's the goal next week.
0: Pass scrambling, pass downfield, and he has the first down. BYU hosts Iowa State Saturday. Big game for both teams, trying to get bowl eligible. Certainly the Cougars have a good shot at home, you'd think, versus Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Those are going to be tougher games. Uh, we know that BYU is going with Jake Retzloff at quarterback for the second straight week. Here's Aaron Roderick.
2: Right now, we're planning on Jake starting. Uh, Keaton's improving, made a few throws today.
0: Um, he's healing, but he's not a, not all the way there yet, and uh, we're unsure if he'll be available Saturday or not. So Jake's the guy. Second game in a row. What do you expect from him and the offense in his second start and first home game?
1: I'm I'm really excited to see it. Curious as as is everybody, uh, is this the future uh, moving forward? And if it is you got to show it, and if he shows it, then everyone's, everyone's in. I, I equate this to like Jake uh, and, and Cougar Nation are dating. Last week was the first date. wasn't a disaster. There were some good qualities, you yeah, know, worth a second date. Here comes the second date. The second date is the key date. Mm. You think about all relationships. If the second date goes good, there's a third and fourth, and, but the second, if that doesn't go, you know, We typically move on. This is a huge opportunity for Jake on Saturday. Keaton's getting healthier. He still wants to play. He came here to play, so we'll see how it plays out. But I just get the feeling that Saturday is huge for number 12. What do you think?
0: Yeah, it's big time, and uh, wearing number 12 BYU is a good omen, right, as we talked about last week. But, yeah, I I expect uh, Jake Retzloff to build on what he did. Certainly going two time zones road P5 is hard for your first start. There's not a lot of BYU quarterbacks that – had to begin in that way. Uh, but Jake Retzloff showed us some stuff, man. 24 of 42, 210 yards passing, 10 rushes for 26 yards. Uh, certainly the one touchdown on the board as, as a rush with uh, Aiden Robbins was all BYU put up, so certainly you want to actually score because that's the point of the game. But I expect them to build on that. Um, the, the tough news here is that Iowa State's defense is really good, Dave. Right. This is a tough second start, uh, number one in total defense at 330 a game. Second in rush defense of 118 a game, number one pass efficiency defense in the Big 12. So hopefully, home cooking does him well. Like he can be comfortable in that stadium, the crowd can get behind uh, Jake and the offense, that the defense can support BYU. Remember, BYU's formula this year is takeaways on defense, short fields, great special teams, and then the offense is opportunistic at that point to score enough points. Now, Texas Tech was a good model, right? No. You go plus five. That was exceptional for BYU to be plus five in that game, plus two fourth down stops, right? So hopefully the defense has an incredible game, and then the offense can do enough because Iowa State's defense is really stinking good. West Virginia deserves some credit, too. They they played
1: great. Uh, They might not have Iowa State's defense, but they played better than Iowa State's defense last week. They're a Hail Mary pass away from being tied with Texas for first place yeah. for a team that was picked last so yep. oh, West man. Virginia played like superheroes and, and and BYU didn't Iowa State's had games where they've given up a bunch of points yep. but it's that same formula there's got to be turnovers got to be mistakes and there's got to be execution and one thing Blaine uh, Fowler said on the postgame show on Saturday is everything that that we've talked about that we saw from Jake was good except for getting in the end zone so in in essence the offense wasn't any different it wasn't Keaton Slovis' fault that BYU wasn't scoring, just as it's not Jake Retzloff as the sole answer to all of a sudden the end zone's wide open. It's everybody and everything, uh, but the quarterback's got the spotlight, so where's our spotlight for Saturday night? There'll be 11 guys out there, we're watching number 12.
0: Can number 12 be the difference maker? He can if he can get in the end zone. Let me give you some hope, too. Uh, okay, so Iowa State's offense is eerily similar to BYU's. Yeah. Like. BYU actually has three more touchdowns this year on offense than Iowa State. Weird, right? There's only .7 difference in the points per game. And to win a game, Iowa State's got to get to 21 points. They're 5-1 when they get to 21. 20 or fewer, 0-4. The key is, can BYU hold Iowa State to 20 points or fewer? Like, if they do that, they're going to be in this game, which is exciting because the BYU defense, not the last two weeks, has shown us and not the three of the last four. They've shown us at home that they can carry BYU to a position to win. And then the offense will need to score enough. Obviously, three or more touchdowns are needed in this game. If you get into that kind of fight at home, that's when BYU has a chance. And then you get Bolt eligible. And then you check that box. There is a, a chance for that to happen at home. You've got to create turnovers. You've got to play better. I see this potentially happening given the Iowa State struggles on offense. This could be a dogfight. This could be Baylor 22, yeah. where it's hard to get a yard, but you you make a play uh, here or there. And so why not on Saturday night?
1: Missing a couple of big down linemen, including John Nelson, that that's going to hurt them. But I, and listening to Jay Hill after practice the other day, uh, I, I expect the defense to respond to Jay Hill and to Jay Hill to call a better game. Um, and and I think. I feel much more confident about the defense going into Saturday night than the offense. Totally, I'm not exactly sure why, because the defense—we know why—35 at Texas, 37 at West Virginia, but they're better than this. The offense, we're
0: not quite sure. We've seen more um, highs from the defense than the offense yeah. um, this year, so maybe, maybe that's they get turnovers. They do stuff. They've done uh, more to sort of earn that confidence. Yeah. Now the BYU offense got to be confident going into this game in terms of like, okay, we can do enough to win. This is a team, BYU's played more complimentary football to win this year than in the past couple of years. Um, Some years it felt like, hey, we're just going to score a bunch, you know, the uh, the last couple of years. Like, the defense wasn't good last year. BYU scores enough at Boise State to win, and uh, you score enough. But this year it's like, okay, the defense has to hold Iowa State sub-21. That's the magic number based on what Iowa State has done. And this offense at home can score three touchdowns. Now, it, it has scored 13 points the last two games. And in the last three road games, it has scored 11, 6, and 7. This game's at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. This game's at night. Like, those boxes that BYU loves to check. This game has chocolate cougar tails. Like, it's all, it's all happening. Get bowl eligible in this game, or it's going to be probably a 5-7 and seven year. Like, this is a massive opportunity. They protect the ball at home. Those two Big 12 wins
1: at home, no turnovers, while the defense went out and forced seven. That's how you beat Cincinnati. That's how you beat Texas Tech. No matter who the quarterback is, that's how you'll beat Iowa State on Saturday. Is it a must win? Probably not because the must win is the last win where you absolutely have to. Right. It's a must eat, though, because these chocolate cougar tails are coming back this season.
0: Yeah, I'd like to think that BYU can pull off an upset potentially against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, but I do not want it to come to that because that is going to be hard. Those are two teams, what, in the top? fifteen top twenty right now. Yeah. If they're if they're five and six going into uh Oklahoma Stillwater, State? yeah, that, that's a, that's a must win. <sighs> Oklahoma walked out of there with a the loss. Like that's a tough place to play right now. One yeah. of the better teams in the Big team. Twelve man. South
1: Alabama went in there one thirty three to seven, but then Oklahoma State changed. They gave the ball to Ollie Gordon yeah. i getting like, oh, just, this guy can just run. Just give him the ride. It's pretty good. The intrigue, though, for Saturday is huge. Yes. And it just continues Very to go. Intrigued. What's great about the sport? Speaking of intrigue in the sport, BYU basketball with a huge game tomorrow night mm-hmm. against San Diego State. You look at team rankings, you look at Ken Palm, Jay Billis, other metrics, and college basketball experts. They're all pretty high on BYU men's basketball starting the season. Are we undervaluing men's hoops? Is Cougar Nation, having seen back-to-back fifth-place seasons in the WCC, they look at the standings and they see the behemoth of the Big 12 coming. So to immediately do we
0: go down here, and is that a mistake? Um, I, I'm in wait-and-see mode. Yeah. I'm going to let it kind of play out. Certainly I'm going to start from a low expectation standpoint. If BYU surprises me, great. BYU's not healthy right now. Um, and so even if BYU was fully healthy, some of these metrics are still too high for me. Some of these being team rankings, as, as you mentioned. Ranked 22nd overall right now, like what are we doing? 21 and and nine record projected, uh, 10 and eight in the Big 12, like 10 wins in the Big 12. I would take that right now. 53% chance to make the tourney. Wow, Ken Palm, 34th overall, eighth highest in the Big 12. Jay Billis says BYU 55th. Like those are awesome. That's great. It doesn't mean jack squat right now. BYU's got to got to play and play well. If BYU comes out of non-conference like 10-3 and and they've really taken a step forward and they get into Big 12 and they win a couple of games that maybe we weren't expecting, then I'll sort of embrace like, okay, this team is better than we thought. Awesome. But injuries happen. Ineptitude happens. The ups and downs of a season happen. Like Dawson Baker is not playing. He might be BYU's best guard. And maybe uh, Ali Khalifa is still getting into shape here. Maybe they're thinking about that as these national guys are projecting. Well, Khalifa was honorable
1: mention all conference last year at Charlotte. Uh, Baker averaged 16 points a game yeah. for Irvine. Veteran score to come in. Uh, Dallin Hall is back uh, and, and should be a tremendous point guard. But uh, Khalifa is not... Fully back in shape after the summer injury. Yes, you mentioned Baker's out. Uh, Hall's just starting to get back. Yeah. Those are the three key guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everyone else is a lot of the same. Can they play better than they did last year? Absolutely. Can they be coached better? I think they are being coached better. Um, but I think tomorrow night is the first real, is it different? Yeah. And, and that puts a lot of pressure on the guys. Tomorrow night's game doesn't settle anything for San Diego State. You know, they get, and, and, and for BYU too, it doesn't define the season, but it does give us an idea of, okay,
0: we got, we got some dogs in the fight. BYU is going to play a bunch of San Diego States this year in the big 12. Like yeah. this is the first of many, many big games. It's at home. It's against a rival. It's against the team you played every year of the Mark Pope era. In fact, it's his first uh, home loss was San Diego state, right? But he is 2-2 two and two the last four years against yeah. the Aztecs. It's not like Biois has been overwhelmed. Hey, they were ahead at halftime last year in San Diego. They were up until
1: six minutes left. The Aztecs squeak it out by seven and then go on and play in the national championship
0: game. San Diego State has not played well, though, in the gym to my right. Yeah. Thir- BYU's 30-4 in that gym. Like, against San Diego State. It is, it is hard to come in and win. Certainly the Az- Aztecs are a favorite coming in. ESPN BPI has BYU winning this game like 62% chance. I'm like, that's another number where I'm like, wait, what? They're the ranked team. Yeah. BYU is uh, hard to beat at place. home, but it's a
1: magical place. It is. And I like I like what Mark Pope's doing, and, and we spent some time with him and his demeanor of uh, he knows what he's up against. This is the greatest coaching challenge of his young career. Yep. But what does he do? Hey guys. I want us to shoot no less than 35 three-pointers a game. <laughs> Everyone they put on the up team, 43. Like, Holy I saw a Tiki put up one the other night. Uh, <laughs> and Foos. We want to be disruptive on defense, and uh, we want to defend our home court. That's, that was his message to the team. That's what he said back at the Big 12 meetings when you were back there in Kansas City, and I like that approach. Guys will
0: loosen up and go, yeah, let's go do that, and I, then let's see. I will say this. I think that the collective returners for BYU – And that experience of growing old together the last couple years. That is being undervalued. Like, BYU will be a better team than last year. It may not show itself in where they finish in the standings and their overall record because Big 12. But I, I, so far in the exhibition and the first game, I like the direction that BYU is headed. But it is so early. We cannot value very much properly at this point. There's so many games, but BYU only has to win half of them. To get a six seed, isn't that? That's the thing. Six might be a little high on that, but yes, just to make the tourney in any shape or form. Yeah, we we would take a 14 seed. We wouldn't be that picky. We would take 11 in the play-in. We would not but argue with is, any of if that. You went half
1: your Big 12 games.
0: You're probably getting a six. Half is aggressive. Nine yeah. and nine would be. And I'm not saying you can, good. but West Virginia went to the tourney at seven and 11. Yeah. To me, if you can scratch out seven. Some of these guys are projecting BYU to win nine big twelve games.
1: And you're like, okay, that's great. Let's pick the nine.
0: Like which nine exactly that, that are,
1: means are you? Nine nights about? where BYU has elevated their game. Yeah. And it's so hard for teams to do that.
0: But um, every fan that bought a ticket wants to see it. Yep. And but, and we want to see it tomorrow night. If BYU wins tomorrow night, the hope is you can go ten and three in non conference and then if you can go seven and eleven at least in league play. Seventeen wins walking into uh Kansas City, Absolutely. hopefully you get one win there, 18. Like, you are in posi- You are on the bubble. And that's all we can hope for this year, right? At least that. And if you make the NIT, to me, that was a positive step. You Sim- didn't
1: last year. Similar to football, if they're in that position, it means they stayed healthy. And they kept yes. fighting and they kept getting better.
0: A bowl game is the NIT for hoops.
1: Like, yeah. that's the equivalent in my... And, and football, here yeah. we are in November, we're not healthy. And we feared that we wouldn't be. We hadn't been healthy in November and I don't know how many years of independence, yep. but so here we go against a much tougher schedule, and it's like, okay, well, we got to rise up in this game. If we get this game, then we might be able to get this, instead of, absolutely, we're playing our best football. We're as healthy as can be. We're going to win two of these next three, and it's not about just getting bull eligible. It's about which bull. But health has so much to do with, with it, especially as you're, you're building
0: into a bigger league that's been playing before. And we would take uh, Independence Bowl at this point, I think. We kind of joked that we didn't want it, but we would take it right now, I think. Our question of the day is this. Aaron Roderick named Jake Retzloff, self-proclaimed BYU Jew, the starting quarterback for Iowa State uh, in in that game. What do you expect from Retzloff in his first home start? Mike Perkins on Instagram. I hope they let him sling it. I would rather have him throw two picks on 20-yard seam routes but also throw four touchdowns and we win 31-21 or lose 34-31. Rather than running zone blocking plays on third and four and we lose 38-7, let him play to win instead of playing to not lose. He's got a little Zach Wilson in him, and I hope the Jets let Zach sling it,
1: because that's what these gunslingers do. And when they're held and restricted, it just doesn't go right. I'd, I'd say you absolutely, get out there it's, and let him swing
0: it. It's tough to balance like BYU is not good when they just are are sort of too aggressive and carefree. They have to take care of the ball to really win. This oh, yeah. I so, when
1: I say sling it, I don't mean throw it to the other team.
0: Yes, but that is part of the deal. If you're going <laughs> to chuck it a ton, like you will throw picks. All right, that
1: Alex Beach way. on X. I expect more of what we saw last week, being able to throw from all angles and escaping pressure design quarterback runs. I hope he can be a little more accurate uh, and that the rest of the offense can also help him and the team succeed. L.J. No, Martin's I, back. That helps. He's back. I love that uh, I don't know if Lasseter's back or not, but I, I love how fast he gets rid of the football. If you're going to throw yeah. those passes behind the line of scrimmage and they get there fast, well, then you can do something with it. But if they get there slow, and we've had a little trouble with that this season, the defense is there waiting as well. But Aaron Roderick loves that play, and it seemed to be more productive last week because yeah. the ball gets out quicker. Yes, just you have to be able to run. Yeah. If you can't run, you can't do jack squat. Hey, Aiden That's Robbins. Right, I sit down with Aiden Robbins on game day. He's healthy. He's ready to run and i think i think we're ready to see him go. We're ready to see him be that 1000-yard rusher that that he did last year at UNLV. He's ready. Let's go, baby. Let's do it. Join us for BYU Sports Nation Game Day Saturday night leading up to kickoff between BYU and Iowa State former Cougar Brunson Kafusi is going to join our Game Day cast of characters as a guest analyst. And we look forward to it. Our live coverage starts Saturday at 8 Eastern. On BYU TV and ESPN Plus.
0: Up next, we'll chat with Hans Olsen of KSL Sports Zone and BYU Radio on what he expects from Jake Retzloff in his second start. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought down by Tyler Patty, Jacob Robinson with the pick six. Touchdown BYU Chase Roberts. 29 yards for LJ Martin. Cougars hopefully, hopefully will find the end zone a little more this Saturday night at home against Iowa State. Welcome back to UA Sports Nation, your Cougar sports day-to-day play-by-play. Jeremy Jordan, Dave McCann. If you've been listening this year, it's been the first year of Hans Olsen doing analysis on the radio. He's pretty good. He's done a great job. Got a lot of personality and now joins the program. Of course, Hans from KSL Sports Zone and BYU Radio football analyst. Hans, how you doing, man?
3: Good. How you guys doing? We're
0: doing great. Little, little concerned, little worried, little excited, little... I don't know all the emotions right for Saturday's game against Iowa State certainly BYU needs a win here to lock up bowl eligibility Then you don't have to upset Oklahoma or Oklahoma State so here we go against Iowa State what do you make of the Cyclones who have one of the best defenses in the league and the offense at times struggles sounds like somebody we know
3: yeah it's gonna be a challenge it's gonna be a real challenge I, I think they've got some fantastic players on the back end um I think that T.J. Tampa is probably one of the better corners in the country. I think Miles Purchase is one of the better corners in the country. They get just enough pressure. So defensively, they're going to they're gonna do it upright. And they've got a, a safety in Bo Freiler that's just really good, really versatile, does a lot of good things. And then offensively, they put this new coordinator in place because Iowa State was the number four defense in the country last year and was like the number 130 offense They couldn't do anything. And this new coordinator, I think, is coming along. I think he's figuring out what he can and can't get away with. And Rocco Beck, he's just one of those freshman quarterback that doesn't know better. And so he does things that if he knew better, he probably wouldn't do. It's going to be a very, very tough challenge. I, I think that this is a better team than West Virginia. Um, that that might have proved out differently somewhere. But I'm telling you, this is a really good Iowa State team.
1: Hands, we all like new things. You want to spruce up the living room, you buy a new couch. BYU's got a new quarterback. uh, Jake Retzlaff is going to start again uh, for a second uh, Division One start after playing against West Virginia. What do you anticipate from Retzlaff that might make a difference
3: this week? Well, I'm hoping that that one game experience Kind of settles him in a bit, but I really felt like he was more settled in than a lot of quarterbacks in his situation. Uh, you know, I would like to see his teammates help him more, and and I know that he missed a pass, but there were a couple of drop passes, blatantly dropped. Chase Roberts dropped one. Keelan Marion dropped one that were right in their hands, so. Teammates need to really pick things up. Isaac Rex had one in his hands. Now he took a hard hit. That was been a tough catch to come down with, but I'd like to see those guys help him. I'd like to see his offensive line help him secure up some of those blocks, um, secure up that pocket. Retzloff is interesting. Um, I know that he wants to be a pass-first quarterback, and I, I think he does fancy himself as that. But when a rushing opportunity opens up, he takes off, and there's going to be openings against uh, Iowa State that he'll have an opportunity to run. What what I would hope is and, and challenge him is stay and deliver if possible because I think Iowa State's going to do what West Virginia did specifically in the second half of that game when they started to get a feel for Retzloff. They're going to zone him out. They're going to rush three and zone him out. And then when he takes off running, they're going to try to keep him for four yards. They're going to try to really force a third and four, third and five back into a passing situation. And then they're going to hit him with some of those different mechanics on the inside to to trick him. And West Virginia did a really good job. They they started rushing three and zoning out. And he would rush a little bit. And because they're zoned, their faces are towards the quarterback. So they just come up and make that stop. And I'm telling you, it's – so it, 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 is good. He just needs to make sure he's distributing when the opportunity is there. He's certainly a
0: proven passer, almost 4,600 yards, 44 touchdowns last year at Riverside uh, City College. But what if, to your point, this is 2000 when Brandon Noman comes in and they just go, you know what, let's just use your running skill set. What if BYU just says, we're going to have, Jake, you're you're going to establish the run here, little, little speed option here, little RPO there, which we saw a little bit against West Virginia, to play to his strengths? Because at this point, Hans, we've seen nine games of BYU football. There's nothing drastically different is going to happen. So
3: how does BYU do
0: enough to beat Iowa State on offense?
3: Well, I like the concept, um, but with Brandon Doman, it was nice because he had Luke Staley right next to him, and they had a couple of All-Americans on the front, and that was just a, a really good blocking front. And you don't have those right now. You've got a scheme that's breaking down and defensive coordinators that are winning the numbers game uh, with different linebacker rotations or uh, different zone looks. They're winning the numbers battle. So when BYU's trying to run a counter off the right side, they're pulling their left guard and their left tackle and they're coming around. They've got one extra defender on that side. That's unblocked. So, you could try it you could go for it and you you could you could see if you can just get that run game going but it feels like there's some mismatches in the blocking schemes and uh, but but I also I don't hate it because it's like well you got to do something because as you mentioned coming into this segment you got to get more than one touchdown late in junk time in order to be in this game against Iowa State so I don't mind them trying anything at this point. It's just I look at some of their blocking issues and some of the scheme issues and the running back that you've got running with you and the running game kind of falling flat in general, you know, 60 yards, it feels like week in and week out. And I don't know if that's the answer. I, I, I feel like the answer is Isaac Rex. I feel like the answer is... Chase Roberts and I feel like the answer is, is throwing out of the backfield and trying to move it that way because I, I, I guess I feel that defeated about the BYU run situation at this point.
1: Hans Olson's with us on BYU Sports Nation. Played defensive line for BYU. Now, when you were at the Colts, you were on both the defensive line and the offensive line, so that makes you an expert for for this question. Which line are you most concerned about on Saturday? The offensive line. Or the defensive line
3: wow um well it's it's funny you asked that day because i was just doing film review this morning and i was watching some of the defensive line issues giving up 350 yards plus to west virginia's run game and so i'm, I'm looking at some of the different gap issues that byu was struggling with and they were kept calling some heavy slant plays. They were calling what we used to call like, like either a Ram slant or a line slant. And you're just going across the offensive lineman's face and you're going into the gap that's opposite of the side that you line up on. And if you have a defensive tackle that does that and gets across the guard's face, and you have a defensive end that tries to do it but can't get across the tackle's face, then what happens is the, the D-tackle is running out, the DN gets stopped, and your gap opens just like that. And that happened so many times against West Virginia where the ends were getting cut off. Those, those West Virginia offensive linemen, they were just beating them. They were they were sealing them off, and they were beating them in their ram and line calls, which are tough. I always loved ram and line slants. I, I loved them because it felt like, as a defensive lineman, it was putting me into the play so I could potentially make a tackle. But if you get cut off, it creates large gaps. And that was happening against West Virginia. So uh, I've got a lot of concern there. Probably more concern for the defensive line at this point. Um, Iowa Iowa State's going to give you some pass rush. Um, They're going to give you some front rush. But that defensive line has really got to hold up. I don't know. It's equal though, Dave, really. I mean, that that's tough. And, and, I, and I guess my consternation right now is, is more leading to the, the point that both don't really have my, my, uh, my full hope or my full confidence at this point,
0: a relative of Merlin Olson would love a Ram slant, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you would. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we course. just called it the Merlin Plan. Yeah, exactly. You got a picture in the background. I think they're uh, in the office, which is great. Okay. I, I do the fearsome foursome. Yeah, it, hey, one of the all-time D lines. Uh, BYU needs to be a little more fearsome uh, among its foursome coming up Saturday against Iowa State. Now, certainly BYU could pull off the upset against Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, but it feels like this Saturday is the one you probably need to get if you're going to get to a bowl game. So, what kind of urgency and sense of urgency do you have? relative to what this game means for this season. Because at 5-2, and two, we thought, bowl game is locked in. At this point, no, it's not. You need to show up Saturday.
3: I called that Texas Tech game the Alamo. And I think I was on with you, the guy, the week that we, that, uh, that we called that game. And I felt like if you didn't beat Texas Tech, I felt like a bowl game was pretty much impossible at that point. So you had to get that one to get to this point. Because there's not two wins left in this three. At least it doesn't feel like there's two wins left in this three. Oklahoma is is beatable. And I think that if BYU played their guts out, figured out some consistency, they would be in that game at home against Oklahoma. Oklahoma State seems much more difficult to me at this point, now being on multiple BYU road games. And being in those stadiums, TCU and big blowout in TCU and Texas, a big blowout, West Virginia, a big blowout. Those road games have been really difficult for this BYU team. So I don't count on Oklahoma State at all. Oklahoma, you know, what, probability less than 20%.
1: Hans, it sounds to me like the key then is to remember the Alamo, being remember yeah. Texas Tech and how <laughs> how you beat them. And then you can do it again, right? Just that's, go plus just go plus game. five again. Just be gifted two fumbles?
3: <laughs> remember the o just Yeah, just remember the album. And whatever whatever you picked up in that game, 150 yards rushing and and really starting to feel like a team, you gotta find it against Iowa State and get it going because you know, I, I really wanna make this point, guys. I I know that everybody wants to try to point the finger at one thing and it's just not it's it's everywhere. It's coaches, it's scheme, it's players. Everybody is playing a role in some of these road blowouts that we've just watched, these back-to-back road blowouts that we just watched. And everybody's got to play better. You know, there was uh, a drive in the first quarter. It was first and 10. They had a perfect screen set up. They go to pitch the screen out to Keelan Marion. It hits him in the hands and he drops it. Second and 10, they find Cody on a quarter route. Cody Cody Epps runs a corner route. He's just past the marker. And Retzloff overthrows him by five, six feet above his head. So then you go to third and ten. Retzloff scrambles for eight yards. It was nice. Three-man rush. He scrambles into it for eight yards. Fourth and two. An offensive lineman on the play side of a run just completely whiffs. Doesn't block his edge. Doesn't doesn't even touch his guy. Hardly touches his guy. Guy comes through, makes a two-yard tackle for a loss. You're out on downs. That's a receiver dropping a ball, a quarterback overthrowing, an offensive lineman missing a block, and you're out on downs. To start the second half, after that kickoff return was called back, to start the second half. First and 10, perfect throw to Chase Roberts in the seam. It was perfect off of spread trips. Roberts right up the seam, perfect throw by Retzlaff. Chase Roberts drops it. It's right in his hands. Second and 10 really nice run blocked. Well, five yards, third and five, the right guard and the right at uh, the right guard and the center can't pick up a three man stunt pressure comes right up the middle and they tackle red Slough on the eight yard line and they get him off with the, they get him off the field with a punt guys. It's offensive line. It's quarterback overthrowing. It's scheme issues. It's like, Watching watching that West Virginia film, I just looked at it all and I said, You can't put blame anywhere. Every one of those guys on that team have to look at each other and say, We all dropped the ball. And if and if they can if they can come back together and, and play for each other and just do their assignments, then they can beat Iowa State. They really can, just like they beat Texas Tech. They can. It's just a it's a it's a lot to ask of a team that has looked really disconnected.
0: Well, luckily, Iowa State stinks at defense. Oh, wait, they're number one in total defense. Dang it. Well, let's see what happens Saturday night. You always got to show up, certainly. Hans, great breakdown. We appreciate it. And uh, we can't wait to hear you call on Saturday. Thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. Hans is the only
1: guy I know that tapes his ankles before announcing a radio game. Yeah, he's he's in, bro. He's, he's breaking down, down he's the gonna film. He's going to put some stuff under his eyes later today. <laughs> Saturday can't get here soon enough. You can hear Hans with Greg and Mitch and – Jason, Cougar Pregame Live, Saturday night, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, on BYU Radio.
0: Every Big 12 game is a big game, but is it a must win for BYU women's volleyball tonight? We'll tell you about it in the headlines and whip after the rake. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is
1: presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome
0: back to Studio B. I am Jeremy. He is Dave. Let's get
1: to today's headlines. Lots to talk about. Aaron Roderick spoke with the media yesterday and announced Jake Retzlaff will make his second consecutive start at quarterback Saturday against Iowa State. Pre-game coverage starts at eight Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And a short time ago, Reno Mahe announced in the class of 2024 for the
0: Polynesian Football Hall of Fame. We congrats. Congrats to Reno. Not sure if Junior made it in there, just Reno. <laughs> Number 12 women's volleyball is in Orlando to play UCF today. No butterbeer at Harry Potter World for them. BYU 1-4 and four on the road in the Big 12 this year. UCF one game behind BYU in the standings entering tonight. Watch it at 7 Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. It's going to tell a lot about this team yep. tonight.
1: Women's basketball signed two players, part of their 2024 recruiting class. Delaney Gibb, potential superstar out of Canada, number two guard prospect out of Canada. 78th as among ESPN's top 100 recruits for 2024, played for the Canadian national under 19 team. I've seen her play, she's great. Amber Whiting also adding some size and strength with Sarah Bartholomew, 6'3 center, from Lone Peak High School here in Utah
0: County. Kaylee Woolston's teammate in high school on a state championship team out of there at Lone Peak. Jen Rockwood in women's soccer, announced signing of six players. Presley Freeman from Atlanta, she's a defender. Abby Sein, defender out of uh, Copple, Texas, she's big time. Emma Hamberlin, forward from Vienna, Virginia. Micah Cromanhook, midfielder from Maple Mountain, just down the street from me. Ella Labra, midfielder from Alta. And Summer Nesman, defender from Clovis, California. Soccer always bringing in a good class.
1: Gordon Eakin in the softball program signed four players. Danica Acosta, an infielder from El Centro, California. Brianna Townsend from Buena Park, California, an infielder. Ilovea Brittingham, a catcher, outfielder from uh, DePoma, California. and. Uh, jada
0: viegas left-handed pitcher from san bernardino california coming in with a lefty with some heat rise ball let's go bruce brockbank and men's golf announced signing of lincoln markham kevin will as well as the return of jackson moss from his mission men's tennis zach
1: warren announcing the signing of Tigan Goldhammer and david duong
0: and women's tennis competes in the big 12 fall championships let's begin today in waco we wish them the best those are many of the signees we'll get to more of those coming up tomorrow. Right. They got all week, right? They can add we all week. All week long. We, got, we got time. We'll get to uh, baseball coming up tomorrow. I think. Those are today's headlines. Let's whip it. Google Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Here we go. The NFL informed teams yesterday, college
1: teams, uh, that underclassmen will now be eligible for college all-star games like the
0: Senior Bowl. Is this a good move? Our understanding is it's uh, draft eligible players, so you have to be three years out of high school. Yeah, Senior Bowl, its name certainly could change. It uh, could be the Redshirt Sophomore Bowl or the Junior Bowl yeah. for some of these guys, but yeah, I think that makes sense. If you're eligible, why not? Why not? Yeah. Ryan Smith on the Pat McAfee Show yesterday, uh, of course, uh, BYU Grit, said the Utah Jazz Wi-Fi in the building is called Jordan Pushed Off, which I've seen on my phone but didn't realize that was the legit name. If you could name BYU Athletics Wi-Fi, what would you name it in That's the snarky... Uh, uh, Place. Arlene's still open. <laughs> Utah fans would then always
1: know our Wi-Fi password. When yeah. they, down. they wouldn't have to ask anybody. Yeah. Uh, or you got jimmered?
0: You got jimmered? Uh, I would submit fourth and eighteen might be a good one. We're living right on and off the field. That, <laughs> magic, that's magic too happens. wordy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jayhawk Lasso posted all the Big Twelve football head coaches and mascots with AI-generated mullets.
0: <laughs> what? Who,
1: who wears the better mullet? Look closely at Kalani's. He's got one back there. Uh,
0: is it Cosmo or is it Kalani? How could it not be Cosmo in this situation? This is uh, what? Like what's scarier than a? Uh, Cougar with a mullet. Holy crap. Timberly would never <laughs> allow this to happen. Thank goodness. I, I wish he would do this. That'd be cool. Just poking out the back of the hat. That'd be awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. NCAA Women's Soccer Tournament begins tomorrow night. They're the number one seed. Let's go. Cougars host Utah State, who will look to avenge their only loss of the regular season. Coverage 8 o'clock Eastern on the Big 12 now on ESPN plus
0: multi devices. You got basketball pregame and soccer tomorrow. It is a double header of awesomeness. Let's go baby. Coming up, BYU Hoops radio analyst Mark Durant joins us. Does he think BYU men's hoops is being undervalued entering the season? The metrics are saying BYU is pretty good. This is BYU Sports Nation.
3: Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
1: are hugely in BYU's favor. Trevor now with eight points. Johnson open for three.
0: Men's Hoops, huge game coming up tomorrow night against San Diego State, ranked number 17 in the country. You can watch it on ESPN Plus, listen on BYU Radio. Jeremy Jordan alongside Dave McCann, who will call the game tomorrow. Also on the call on the radio, Mark Durant, who now joins us from his lovely home in South Jordan. Mark, what year of analyzing BYU basketball is this for you? 27, 20, the big seven 27, and, uh, 96, is that when you started? Yeah.
2: Which yeah, year, which,
1: yeah. which of those wow. years did you feel like you um, were getting pretty good at it?
2: Well, everybody told me I was good right off the bat, but now when I talk to people, they say, oh man, you, it was pretty rough for a couple <laughs> years. You were really, but you got better, but you got better. So as with anything, as with my playing days and with broadcasting, the more, more years in between the two, the, I get better in my mind. So,
0: uh, To me, you're pretty good. Uh, and we're hoping that BYU is pretty good this year. We have some of the metrics coming out from Jay Billis saying, hey, BYU is 55th. Lenardi last week had BYU fifth out. Uh, Ken Palm today says uh, 34th for BYU. Um, those, are, those are pretty flattering. I, I, I personally am in the wait and see with this team certainly banged up to start the year. If they beat San Diego State tomorrow, that would certainly check a great box. But how are you feeling about this team? Because nationally, some of those metrics tell us maybe they're better than we think.
2: Yeah, Jim, I, I like this team. And, and one of the reasons I do is uh, in today's world, it's hard to have continuity. Uh, and uh, BYU does bring back a lot of guys that uh, you have experience. You have leadership now, which... May have been lacking last year a little bit. Now you've got guys that are a year older, and they played together. They went to Europe together, and and you've got some real shooters. I mean, Trevin being back, uh, I think, and Ali Khalifa can shoot the three as a big man. And Noel Waterman, I think, will be much better from three this year. Jackson Robinson, obviously very good. Spencer Johnson led the uh, three, led, led the conference in conference play from three-point shooting, and they're going to shoot a lot of threes. So, I mean, they, they seem to have some really good uh, – pieces uh that's not to say i expect them to win the big 12 i mean it's going to be a struggle but i expect them to do very well in the preseason and we'll see how they do i I think that the obviously the game tomorrow night against san diego state will tell us a lot san diego state had that magical run last year and they're always a very good program and so that that'll tell us more than what hcu told us but they sure look good (laughs) against uh, hcu so we'll see
1: Mark, over 100 points in that game in the season opener. They shot 43 three-pointers, and Mark Pope told us going into the game and into each game his idea is to get 35 three-point shots off, which seems really high, but he's got a team of three-point shooters. What stood out to you the most on how they played back on Monday?
2: Well, I mean – I've seen you play in your war games and you can shoot a lot of threes too, Dave. It's, it's not about the number of threes that you shoot. It's about getting good shots and making a high percentage. And <laughs> until that, late in that game, they, they uh, maybe missed a couple, but they were hovering around 40% most of that game. So if you're shooting that number, which is super high, obviously, and, and you're making 40%, you're going to win games. I mean, that's just the, the numbers will bear that out. And, and, and clearly the approach for, for coach pope this year is going to be that they're going to shoot a lot um but you don't just want to throw them up there you want to get good shots and so you're going to have to you have the right motions and good ball movement and spread the floor and and if you want to have open threes you have to also take it to the rim and collapse the defense and kick it out and so there's a lot that goes into getting open threes and, and being able to shoot that many but that clearly is what they're going to try and do this year and i i think you know we'll see how it plays out i think it's a good approach. I mean. If you're going into the Big 12 and you're doing the same offenses and running the same stuff that every other Big 12 team is going to do, and let's say you go into Kansas and you try and do the same things that Kansas does with your players against their players, they will beat you because they have better players. And so if, if you're going to compete against teams like that, you have to do something different. So obviously... A high volume of threes is, is a different approach, and and the three-point shot to me is the great equalizer in college basketball. So if you shoot a lot and you and you are hot that night, you can beat anybody. The problem with it, uh, Dave and Jeremy, is that, you know, maybe you don't shoot well from the three one night, and then you can lose to anybody. So you're putting your a, a lot of your eggs in one basket in, in, in a sense. But what I really liked the other night, what I really hope happens for this team is that they rebound the ball really well. And they almost got half of their misses uh, uh, offensive rebounds the other night. Now they're not going to be able to do that against a lot of teams, but if you're rebounding offensive rebounds and then playing really good defense. So even if you are not shooting a great three-point number, you can still be in the game. I think that's the best approach. You can't just rely on the threes. You've got to do other things really well. That's a long-winded answer, but you're going to see, the bottom line is you're going to see a lot of threes from this team this year.
1: I think uh, it's borrowing a, book uh, a page out of Lavelle Edwards playbook remember back in the in the 70s when I actually Iowa State came here the last time they were here was his first year and he said uh, I got to do something different we can't beat these teams lining up we can't beat Oklahoma lining up man to man so I've got to I got to throw the football and, and so that's how he
0: started his idea and maybe that's what it is for BYU yeah, yeah to, to your point that's interesting shoot some threes in terms of rebounds Fullerton matched San Diego State with 42 rebounds each in that game so It'll be interesting to see what uh, BYU looks like on the glass. ESPN gives BYU a 62% chance to win this game. They say BYU should be the favorite. Certainly, San Diego State struggled in Provo. Uh, only four wins and 34 tries. What would a win tomorrow mean for this team moving forward?
2: Well, I think if you can get a win against a team that's a top-20 team and that was, you know, had such a great year last year and has a well-respected program, automatically you're on the map. I mean, that that, that tells the country... Yeah, this BYU team is 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 for real and is going to have to be reckoned with. And once you get that in your mind uh, nationally, it's hard to kind of erase that from people's minds. So uh, if you could go and get a big win early like that, then it, it really helps you along uh, for your confidence, but more importantly, uh, how the nation perceives you. And as long as you don't mess up, uh, obviously, then you're in a good spot. So to have a team like that, who's well-respected, great coaching uh, on your floor, uh, th- that's a great opportunity. And uh, and BYU, like I said, has experienced San Diego State lost a couple guys uh, like Bradley. I mean, they had some really good players. And so it's going to be one of their first games on the road uh, in a tough environment. This is, I mean, this is a great opportunity for BYU. We'll see how they perform. But this is a good chance to show the world who they are and that they're, they're going to be a team that have, will have to be dealt with.
1: Mark, let's finish with this. Let's go back in time to 2011, uh, and it's BYU and San Diego State at the Marriott Center. The Aztecs are number four. BYU is number nine. Jimmer scores 43. Kawhi Leonard has 21 and 16 rebounds. You are on the call for that game. Has there ever been a more meaningful showdown between BYU and San Diego State than that night?
2: Well, I mean that was that was special. I mean there was some special Jimmer moments. I actually really liked uh, going to San Diego State and getting a win. Uh, that was even more impressive to me. But the the thing that struck me about those games was you had uh, San Diego State with uh, with Kawhi you mentioned and uh, Billy uh, Billy White and Malcolm Thomas, and they would throw everything they had at Jimmer. They would double team him the second he crossed the half court. They'd throw two or three guys at him. And just selling out, we're going to stop Jimmer, and they still couldn't do it. You just He, he just ate them for lunch, and uh, it was so fun to watch him do his stuff. And they had a great, great supporting cast with Davies and Hartsock and Emery and Collinsworth. That that was maybe one of the best teams BYU's ever had, and, and Jimmer was just unbelievable, as we all know Jimmer is.
0: It was a beautiful night. All the students uh, you know, uh, wanted to be with Jimmer on the court there, a rush moment. Gonzaga, we had that again a couple years ago. It was awesome. Mark, we appreciate the time. We'll see you tomorrow night.
2: Guys, I love you guys. Thanks for having me on. Dave, Jerem's cool, but Matt, talking to you, that is
1: special. <laughs> I, I know you don't mean that. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> See you tomorrow night. Thanks, Mark. What a game tomorrow night. BYU-San Diego State Aztecs ranked number 17. You can watch our pregame coverage starting at 8 Eastern, and uh, that's on BYU TV. Play-by-play at 9 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Plus. Mary
0: Tender's going to be rocking. Spencer Johnson's going to be shooting. We'll put a ball on the show coming up after this. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Our question of the day is this. What do you expect from Jake Retzloff in his first home start? Our elite voice of the day is presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated, Nolan Mickelson on X. I expect him to lead the Vampire Cougs to a victory, which will secure a bowl berth in our first year as a P5. No pressure, Jake. Iowa State's going for a bowl game as well. And they have a tough uh, last two games. What is it, Kansas State and Texas? Yeah. Woo, okay. Maybe hey, we got the black unis, the chocolate. There's a lot t-tales. of awesome happening tomorrow night. Today's Rise
1: of Chat Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. All those signing day folks, welcome to BYU, brand new Cougs. We look forward to spotlighting oh, you awesome. right here on this show.
0: Thanks to today's guests, Hans Olsen and Mark Durant. Sorry, Dennis, ran out of touch. Conversation continues 24-7 on all our platforms. For hey Dave, I'm Jeremy. out to Katie Larkin. Goku!